I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And a good Sunday morning. It is nine minutes past seven o'clock. Happy to have you with us. I'm Susie Jones, as you just heard, Dr. David Hilden with Hennepin Healthcare. It is Healthy Matters on this Sunday morning. Good morning, Dr. Hilden. How are you this morning? Good morning, Susie. I'm doing well. Hope you've had a good weekend. I know I have. Um, we had a we had an event yesterday that's, that was just so inspiring. Before we get to our topic today, I want to tell people about it. But first of all, our topic today is going to be heart disease. We have my colleague and cardiologist, Dr. Michelle Carlson, who's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. So if you have questions about your heart or your cardiovascular system, you uh, get those into the text line or get us or call us right up. But I want to tell you about what we did yesterday. We had an event at Hennepin Healthcare in downtown Minneapolis called Black Men with Stethoscopes. And it is uh, the very first of a youth summit that we are doing at Hennepin. It is led by my colleague, Dr. Neka Cedarstrom and her health equity team. And they had 80 young black men ages 12 to 18 come to the hospital they were uh, shown, uh, they were experiential things where they got to see inside of an ambulance. They got to do um, simulated medical cares. They, they were spoken to by our Lieutenant Governor, Peggy Flanagan. And then there were, uh, they were led through the day by black physicians and other black health care providers. And so that these young black men could see what is possible for their lives. And it was so inspiring. I'm just still high over it. It was such an inspiring event. So I just wanted to let the community know of the great work that's being done because there aren't enough black male physicians. And if you can't see it, you can't be it, as what many people have said. And these young black men saw other adult, accomplished black men in healthcare. And it was just so inspiring. I just wanted to let the community know that that happened yesterday, and so great things are happening in healthcare today. But now we're going to talk about cardiology. All right, very good. And do you want to invite our guests to join us and welcome our guests to the program? I will do that. Um, this is a, a great topic today. We haven't talked about heart disease for a little bit lately, and, and it's uh, such a huge topic. I have asked uh, uh, someone who's been on the show before, Dr. Michelle Carlson, who is a cardiologist at Hennepin Healthcare. She is going to join us to answer all of our questions um, about heart disease. She's a general cardiologist, and she, she has a special interest in clinics for cardio-oncology, which is the management of cardiovascular diseases which affect patients who have cancer. She also has interest in women's cardiovascular health. She is a, um, has expertise in all types of heart uh, disease, including heart failure, and something that I do want to ask her about, she's got an interest in the role of co-production in health, and I'm going to have her tell us what that is. 
She's uh, been at Hennepin for some years. She's uh, been a, a guest on the show before, so I asked her to come on on this cold December morning. So, Dr. <laughs> Carlson, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on today. And if you could just start us off by telling us, I just read a little bit of your bio. And before we get into heart disease, can you tell us what you have an interest in co-production in health? What is that? What is co-production? Well, we like to use fancy words in in science. Um, The point of co-production is that I can't, as a doctor, give you health as a patient unless we can work together. So I can't produce it. We have to co-produce it. Um, So I can talk to you about not smoking or exercising or taking some pills, but unless you're able to participate and understand why I want you to do those things and then have the support to follow through on those things, you're not going to be able to achieve a healthier life. That was a great explanation of, uh, of that of that topic, you know, because co-production isn't going to be something everybody understands. But I, I really like that. Okay, now that we've got that going, let's talk a little bit about some of the basics of heart disease. And if you could just tell us from your perspective as a cardiologist, what has the last year or two looked like for you? Give us the lay of the land on how on what's going on in in cardiac disease. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> Like everyone, we had a lot of fear initially about what is this going to look like and are we going to be able to give patients the care that they need. And initially, both my clinic and the hospital were very quiet with people just not coming in because they were trying to avoid being exposed to a virus. And that had some downstream bad effects for some patients who weren't able to get the medicines or the care that they needed. And they've ended up coming in in the last six to 12 months um, much sicker than they might otherwise be because um, they just weren't able to get the care that they needed. We've also seen some patients with, with with heart complications from COVID either during their initial infection or a lot of people will have symptoms during long COVID that um, can come from the the heart and the lungs. So we see a lot of those patients in clinic as well. So let's talk a little bit about um, the book, because I want to do it at the top of the show, about some of the basic of heart disease things that people should know about. Because, And I want to talk mostly about like signs and symptoms of heart disease that people should know about. Because a lot of people are at their homes in the past year. They're not seeing their doctors so much. Mostly, I want, I want to make sure we get some of that information out that people know if you're experiencing this, you need to go see your doctor. So maybe start us off with heart attacks and coronary disease. What should yeah. people be on the lookout for in, in that? So symptoms that you can have if you're having a heart attack Often there'll be chest pain or pressure or tightness. It might radiate. That means go to other parts of your body like your left arm, your jaw, your neck, or your back. And it can be associated with symptoms like feeling sick to your stomach or being sweaty or being really lightheaded. Now, not everyone will have all of those symptoms. Um, But if you have those symptoms and you aren't sure, if you think, oh, I might be having a heart attack, 
you should call 911. Don't drive yourself to the hospital. Call 911. That's such an important bit right there because I, I've had people actually, Michelle, call this show when I think they were having a heart attack. I, um, that was mm. some years ago, but somebody called and said, I'm having symptoms. I've got some pressure in my chest. And then I, I've had in, in, I've, there's story after story about of people who had some symptoms like that. They had some new pressure in their chest and they drove themselves in or they continued their day's work or they, they, they finished their shift and then they went in. And time really is important, isn't it, when you're having a heart attack? So don't do those things. <laughs> Agreed. Don't they say, Dr. Hilden, time is muscle? Or some? There's some catchphrase about that, right, doctor? Dr. Yes, that's Carlson? that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, so we think every if you have a blocked heart artery, every minute it's blocked, you lose more heart muscle. That's so really I mean. important to get it opened as soon as possible. Hey, let's take a break, you guys, if you don't mind. We'll take a quick break. Uh, But want to remind folks they can jump in and ask questions of Dr. Carlson and Dr. Hilden, 651-461-9226. That number you can call and you can text at 651-461-9226. We'll continue to talk about heart health and women. Uh, Dr. Carlson, I know that I've heard before, maybe we can address this on the other side, that women tend to... I don't want to use the word poo-poo, but I will uh, put off going to get help because they're sort of strong and maybe they're busy and they'll get to it on a different day because they have more things to do than take care of their heart because that's how women operate a lot of times. I know I'm painting a broad stroke there, but we'll get to that after this message on WCCO. It is 718. Good morning and welcome back to Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden. With Hennepin Healthcare is on the line, taking your calls and your texts at 651-461-9226. Dr. Hilden, take it away. We have a lot of text questions for the Susie, doctor. Susie, indeed morning. we do. Um, uh, thank you, listeners, for all your great texts. We have a lot of them. We're going gonna, gonna to get to listener questions right now. Um, I am going to follow up with the, the question that Susie posed to you, Dr. Carlson, about women's heart health. Can you just comment briefly about the, the about the role in cardiac health for women in particular? Sure. So, uh, Susie, I, I think you're right. Everyone is so busy and distracted by other things in their life. I think another thing that can sometimes be an issue for women is that they don't think about how often women do develop heart disease. They think, oh, that's a man's problem, and it is not. It is something that happens to women, maybe at a little older age than men, but really important to realize that if you're having those kinds of symptoms, lots of shortness of breath or chest pain, especially when you're active, you need to talk to your doctor about those things, whatever your gender. Do women have heart disease more than men, or is it pretty much 50-50? it's women have about the same amount, but it starts in a later decade. So we're um, after menopause, we lose some of the protective effect that we think those estrogens have had earlier in our lives. And then, then we start to catch up with, with risk of heart problems later on. Okay. Dr. Hilton, you want to get to some of these questions? Sounds good. I'm going to go to some, I'm going to go to some text messages, Dr. Carlson, mostly about, let's move on to lipids or cholesterol. There are, I'm going to try to put three of into one question. So here we go. Um, First person just says is, um, 
how does the doctor feel about addressing a patient's high cholesterol with lifestyle changes before a statin? So that's the first one, lifestyle. And then there's two questions that give their numbers, and I don't have to give their cholesterol numbers, but one of them is just basically saying, I have adverse reactions to all the statins. Is there anything else? Maybe we'll just start with those. Lifestyle and what should people do about lipids, and then a little bit about statins in for people who are having trouble tolerating them. Yeah, those are really good questions. Um, I'll try to keep my answer brief because I could talk for a long time about this. So I think unless your cholesterol is extremely high, it's appropriate, or unless you've had a heart attack already, it's appropriate to try lifestyle changes um, to lower your cholesterol. And those would be things like increasing your activity and also modifying your diet, trying to get rid of sugars and processed carbohydrates, um, focusing more on vegetables and using olive oil. Um, that being said, often cholesterol is a gen- high cholesterol is a genetic issue, and no matter how hard you work, you may not be able to bring that number down. If you get to that point, then you should talk to your doctor, is my risk for heart attack or stroke high enough that I need to start a cholesterol medication? Let's say you've done that, you've tried all of these different statins, and you just can't tolerate them. Let's say you get bad muscle pain with all of them. There are newer uh, injectable medications called PSK9 inhibitors that can decrease your risk for heart attack or stroke, lower your cholesterol, and don't work the same way as statins. So usually if someone has a problem with statins, they do fine with this injectable medication. That would be the next step to think about if you have a cholesterol problem. Let's stay on the topic. Um, What about um, fish oil and the like? Here's another person who's saying, my calcium score is 205. Uh, I'm on Zedia and Crestor already. What about my risk of a heart attack in the next three to five years? And then could you comment on on a daily aspirin and Vasepa, which is one of those, I believe it's one of those omega-3 oils? Yeah, so um, Vasepa is a very, is a specific set of fish oils. There's some data that that can decrease the risk of of heart attack in certain groups of people. We don't have great data that taking just over-the-counter any old fish oil is really going to decrease your risk of heart attack or stroke. And David, that's what I really care about. I don't care if your number looks good. I care if you're going to have a better life because of the pills. If people want are interested in fish oil, I, I recommend just eating the fish, eating the fatty fish, um, salmon, tuna, mackerel, um, trying to get at least two or three meals a week. That's a really a better way for your body to get those oils rather than a supplement. Um, the question about if you're already on statin and Zedia and you have calcium in your heart arteries, that's, I would have to know how much calcium and the statin and Zedia can't unfortunately make the calcium go away. They can only decrease your risk of heart attack. So it may be that there isn't anything else to do from a cholesterol standpoint for that person, but maybe there are other things we could talk about. So I think they should definitely ask their doctor that question. It's a good question. What about this? Next um, question. I think this one's oh, on roughly ahead. the same topic. It says eggs, okay. good or bad? Is a daily <laughs> egg okay? 
nutrition <laughs> guidance there, Michelle. Yeah. So, you know, we used to tell people to avoid all fats and all cholesterols in their diet. Um, now we actually think the bigger problem is sugars and complex or and and processed carbohydrates like white bread, white flour, um, white rice. I'm okay with eggs in moderation. The can I go back to that aspirin question because yes, that's a I really good that one. We did have an aspirin question. Who should be taking yeah. this, uh, an aspirin? So. Again, we learn things, and we find out that what we said at one point in time might it might not be true anymore. So, we used to recommend statin pretty or aspirin pretty freely to lots of folks, but now we have good data that the the asp the even a baby aspirin can is, increase your risk of bleeding, especially bleeding in in your stomach. Um, and so your risk of heart attack or stroke needs to be high enough to make that risk uh, worthwhile. So I don't recommend that anyone take a baby aspirin without talking to their doctor first about whether it's the right choice for them. That is a little different, isn't it? Because for a while uh-huh. there, we were pretty much telling darn near everybody take an aspirin. Yeah. And that's much more um, nuanced now, let's say. That's great advice. Uh, let's see. I think we're going to have to take a break. Yeah, let's take a quick here. break. It's 729. Uh, our phone number is 651-461-9226. And that is a number you can use to call and ask Dr. Carlson a question directly. We do have a caller from St. Louis Park. Perhaps we'll do that on the other side. So Gary in St. Louis Park, hold on just a minute. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll answer Gary's question on the air here and plus again we'll read some more text but go ahead and call as well because we've got phone lines available if you want to ask a question on the air it is healthy matters on a sunday morning dr david hilden head up in Healthcare. we're back right after this break a good sunday morning it is 7 34 28 degrees breezy slippery out there be aware of that Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare is on the line, as always, on this Sunday morning with our guest, our special guest, Dr. Michelle Carlson, who specializes in general cardiology and cardiac imaging. And we're talking about women's cardiovascular health. And uh, we're opening up now to your calls at 651-461-9226. You can either text or call that. And Dr. Hilden, let's, should we take a call from Gary in St. Louis Park? Let's do that. Gary, you are on the air with Dr. Hilden and Dr. Carlson. Hi, good morning. Blessed Christmas and happy holidays to you guys. My question is, are there any heart benefits to drinking green and or white tea? All right. Thanks for the question. Gary, that's a good question. Um, The kind of data that I think about every day are randomized trials. We, We don't have... I don't know of any data in that field for for green tea or white tea. Um, I certainly wouldn't expect them to be dangerous at all. Um, Dr. Hilden, do you have any thoughts on that question? Other than the fact that I drink one every afternoon, Gary, (laughs) um, uh, I I switch from my 19th cup of coffee at about 11 o'clock and I move into like I love a green tea because I find it relaxing. But I agree with Dr. Carlson. I don't think we have any actual hard data, any science to say one way or the other. I agree that it's not likely um, harmful, but I would also say if it's, if for me, it's calming, mm. and that has to be a good thing, but I don't know if it has any mm. direct benefit, but it is calming. Yeah. Hey, I have a zillion 
a text, zillion. Text, there's a zillion. Um, uh, <laughs> if we could move on to um, high blood pressure. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I want to talk about heart rhythms and heart failure. So we have a lot to go about. Um, here, Michelle, here's one from the text line. Is a home health blood pressure cuff acceptable for monitoring blood pressure? For someone whose blood pressure is 140 over 90, I've consistently been just below that number. What do you think about home blood pressure monitoring? I think it's really valuable. It shows us what your blood pressure is in your real life, not when you're anxious and have just walked two blocks from the car to get to your doctor's office. So it's something that I really think about when we're talking about whether or not someone needs to have their blood pressure treated. All right, that's good news because I know a lot of people have those, including my mother and my sister, all concerned yep. about high blood pressure. Um, why is high blood pressure bad for your heart? Kind of explain that, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. So um, I'm going to make it as simple as I can. The way I think about it is if you've got some plumbing and you're running the water at a really high pressure through there over a long period of time, it's going to wear away at the walls of the plumbing. And that same thing can happen in the arteries of your body when they're exposed to high blood pressure for a really long time. They can get stiff. It's more likely for calcium to build up in them. And it's more likely for problems to happen like a heart attack or a stroke or kidney disease. Well, that's a good explanation, right? Uh, Dr. Hill, you want to ask? That that was really good. It took me like six semesters of med school to get to that. That was pretty good. You did it in like 60 (laughs) seconds. That's why I like. That's why I like you, Doctor Doctor Carlson. Oh, and if I could just, if I could just um, say to the public, I get asked the probably the most common questions I ever get asked in the in the grocery store at work on this show is who should I go see for this that or the other thing. Well, I'm telling you all, if you need a cardiologist, I suggest you go see Doctor Carlson. Um, she she practices in our downtown office. There's good convenient parking in the cardiology clinic underground. You take the elevator right up there. And um, that's who I'd go see. If you want a heart doctor, I'd go see the one talking to us today. So just go to hennepinhealthcare.org, and you can look that up. Or you can always call our, our line, our connection line, which is 612-873-MY-MD. 672-873-MY-MD. Here's the heart doctor you want to go see. She's right on the line with us today. Now, back to the text lines. A little bit, I want to move on to, well, one more about blood pressure, if we could. Just one more. Because this one says, my blood pressure changes from 86 over 44 to 160 over 85. So huge swings. I can't seem to get it settled down. I have no chest pains, but I'm dizzy and lightheaded. Any advice for her or him? Yeah, that's a tough problem. Um Sometimes, so our nervous system is really connected to our our heart and our blood vessels, and sometimes it can not regulate the blood pressure properly, properly, and you can have really high swing, really big swings like that. Um, Those sounds like those old blood pressures are are causing lightheadedness and dizziness. Um, I would suggest I'm sure you already are, but talking to your doctor about how aggressive should we be with the blood pressure medications? It may be better to be less aggressive for you. I'm not sure. And then also talk about, should I get any testing of my nervous system or are there any medications that could have a side effect that would affect my nervous system and might be causing these problems? But that's a tough problem to deal with. 
Yeah, it is. Now, is it the low blood pressure or the high blood pressure that might be causing the dizziness? Because I routinely tell people you don't really have symptoms from high blood pressure usually. Yeah, that's that's true. Your blood, your top number would have to be usually most people don't feel anything until it's in the 190s or higher. If the top number is low, though, that can really cause a lot of symptoms. Um, when you don't get enough blood flow to your brain, you your body tells you right away. Right. What do you Let's, do, Dr. Yolen? Oh, so we ahead. know about lowering your high blood pressure. Is there a way to uh, deal with the low blood pressure? I have low blood pressure, and I always have. And is the negative impact, obviously, is what you're saying is about being lightheaded. Um, what can you do to raise your – can you do anything to raise up your low – you know what I'm getting at. I'm trying to ask this in a way, and I'm not yeah. doing a really good job, but go ahead. Yeah, so first of all, I think you should be thankful that you have low blood pressure because that really decreases your risk for lots of problems in the future. But if it's causing you symptoms like lightheadedness or dizziness, there are things that you can do to help make it higher. Um, eat, a cheeseburger, eat a cheeseburger? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like to say a sports drink because it has those <laughs> electrolytes in it but doesn't have all of those other the, those other unhealthy fats that okay. are in a cheeseburger. Um, you know, I can't officially ever recommend a cheeseburger to someone. No. Uh, I'm totally having a cheeseburger also, later. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Come Thinking on. about things like compression stockings, really tall ones that go up to your legs that can help push the blood up and get more of it, more of the blood flow to the brain instead of pooling in your legs. Um, exercise really working on getting the muscles in your arms and legs bigger, but also the muscles in your arteries stronger and better at, at holding that pressure up. So I have to just say this, Dr. Hill, and I don't know if you're looking at it. We both look at the same screen, um, Dr. Carlson. Someone just said lightheadedness is caused by red hair. I bet that's someone <laughs> I know. Somebody literally texted that Yeah, in. because I have red hair. So whoever, oh. I don't know if they knew that I had, I have red hair. Anyway, <laughs> someone's wisdom. taking a, either that or they're taking a crack at me. Wisdom from the crowd. It's wisdom from the crowd, lightheadedness. <laughs> All right, I'm going to shift to um, a, a, a cancer-related question because I know you have a special interest in that, um, uh, Dr. Carlson, and here's a question on that topic. It says, I had cancer six years ago being diagnosed with large B-cell lymphoma. A few months ago, I was diagnosed with a left bundle branch block, and it appears one of the drugs I had for chemo caused the problem. Is there anything that can be done for someone with left bundle branch block? My output on mm. the left side is 25%. Maybe there's a few mm. things you could explain to us in there. Yeah. So definitely we do worry about long-term consequences to the heart with some of the um, medications that we have to use to treat cancer. And one of those is, is doxorubicin. I suspect that's what might have contributed to the heart problem. So the with the left bundle branch block, if it's associated with a weak heart muscle, which is what it sounds like to me if the ejection fraction is really 25%, there's a special kind of pacemaker that your doctor can talk to you about that can help your heart squeeze and a little more healthy electrical pattern, and that can sometimes help your heart squeeze better, but also can help you feel better. So I, I would talk to your, you should talk to your heart doctor about whether that's something that would be an option for you. 
All right, thank you. Is this? Um, I think we we have a few questions uh, more about atrial fibrillation and atrial flutter, heart failure, many more. I think we're going to take a break shortly, and um, we'll get back to these. We are talking to Dr. Michelle Carlson, cardiologist at Hennepin Healthcare, and we'll say that number two six five one four six one nine two two six. That is the number that you can either call or you can text. And we've got, as Dr. Hilden said, a number of text questions, but it is possible for you to as well ask your question right on the air with us. We're not mean. We won't bite, and it's okay. You can just ask it right away, and we'll get you off the air and answer the question. Some people are shy, you know, Dr. Carlson. They don't want to <laughs> come on the radio. But we'll we'll take a quick break here. It's 744, Dr. David Hilden and Dr. Michelle Carlson, both Hennepin Healthcare, and we're talking about women and heart health and now kind of lots of questions that are pertaining to your heart. And Dr. Hilden mentioned um, some cancer issues related to heart as well. We're back right after this on Healthy Matters on WCCO. 7.49 on a Sunday morning. It is Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare on our newsline. And our special guest this week, Dr. Michelle Carlson, specializing in general cardiology and cardiac imaging. And we're talking about women's cardiovascular health as well as taking your calls and questions at 651-461-9226. Uh, we had a call come in during the break, and the person asked, Dr. Carlson, what causes congestive heart failure? Can you address that? That's a really good question, Susie. There are many, many causes of congestive heart failure. Um, The most common cause in the United States is actually a heart attack or or blocked heart arteries causing weakness of the heart muscle. there are a lot of other things that can do it, including things like high blood pressure over many, many years, um, to- heart toxins, things like that chemotherapy we talked about, or large amounts of alcohol, um, and just a whole host of other things that can affect the heart muscle. I'm going to ask you about a different one that came in the text line. Also, it's something called the broken heart syndrome. And let's see if you can answer this one. It says, I lost my husband in May. And in my moments of acute onset of intense grieving, I find my heart actually hurts. EKGs show normal rhythm, no elevations. The symptoms resolve in 20 minutes. Could this be minor episodes of broken heart syndrome? That is an excellent question. So, Usually when we talk about broken heart syndrome, we are talking about something called a stress cardiomyopathy, and that's a fancy way of saying the heart muscle gets weak in response to either physical or emotional stress. Usually those people will have an abnormal EKG, and their echo will show a a weak heart function, and, and they will have various symptoms with that, including chest pain, shortness of breath, those changes get better over time. People usually recover from that. Now, whether the the texture is having that, I'm not sure. Other possibilities can be that that we can have physical responses to emotional stress. And even if the heart muscle itself is not weak, I would certainly believe that that stress and and grief 
and emotional pain can cause, could cause physical pain, including in the chest. I always found that fascinating that there really is a thing called broken heart syndrome. Hey, one more <laughs> question, um, Michelle, before we have to go uh, um, about atrial flutter. And the, the question from the texter is simply, can you explain atrial flutter? <laughs> um, well, I can try. So I, this is when I like to draw a picture um, in clinic. So I'll try and draw a picture in the air. Your heart has two chambers or rooms on the top and two chambers or rooms on the bottom. The top chambers receive the blood and the bottom chambers do the main pumping. Uh, in the top chambers, some, that's where the normal electrical signal for the heart comes from that tells the heart to beat. In atrial flutter, instead of listening to that normal electrical signal, there's a little cycle of electricity that starts in the right atrium. And it just goes around and around and around, and it makes the heart beat quickly. It can be very uncomfortable, and it can be really hard on your heart to beat that fast for a really long time. Can you do, was, uh... What can you do about that? <laughs> uh, the good news is it's really treatable. So um, sometimes when people first have it, we will uh, have put them give them anesthesia, make them go deeply to sleep and shock their heart back into a normal rhythm. Sometimes we do a procedure or our electrophysiologists do a procedure where they go in with little tiny um, wire from a vein in the leg and can actually cut the connection that's making that cycle of electricity happen and stop it from happening again. So I was I was an electrical engineer before I was a doctor, and, and I always liked cardiology because it's got a chemical aspect, it's got a, an electrical aspect, and a mechanical aspect. So in engineering mm -hmm. school, that makes you one of those three types of engineers. It's a fascinating organ system. Um, we are going to have to wrap it up because we are running out of time. Um, please do uh, um, uh, give us a call if you need a doctor, if you need a cardiologist. I do recommend our Hennepin cardiology team, including Dr. Carlson. You can follow me on Twitter. It's Dr. David Hilden. Do that now, Dr. David Hilden. If you want to just kind of stay in touch on Twitter, go to hennepinhealthcare.org. If you want more information about anything, uh, any of our providers and our doctors. And let me just say, uh, Dr. Michelle Carlson, thank you so much for being with us this Sunday morning. It's been a great show. I really appreciate it. Have thank a great you, day. David. Yes. Thank you, Susie. Yes, have a wonderful day. Dr. Hilton, thank you as always. Look forward to next week and Healthy Matters. The number to call to the hospital is... 8736963612 T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.